Hi everyone, welcome to your True Place podcast. I'm Anna Christiansen and I'm sharing all about good habits that can create life of your dreams. I share openly on topics like how to stay fit in your mental, physical, spiritual and money areas of your life. And I'm sharing all about strategies that took me from living life of surviving to striving. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your True Place podcast. Today, I'm so excited to present you my very special guest, Lauren Oliver. Lauren is the founder of The Vibrant Body. Uh, she's a yoga therapist, um, yoga teacher, and wellness specialist. And Lauren's particular uh, skills are in the area of chronic pain, anxiety, uh, depressions, overwhelmed, burned out, everything what we are uh, dealing with right now, many of us. And uh, most of all, her focus is on pain, uh, on chronic pain disease. So Lauren, welcome to your True Place podcast. I'm so happy to welcome you to my show. Thank you, Anna, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, me too. Well, before we dive in, I would like to ask you, how did you come to this field of uh, work, you know, because that is mostly also a lifestyle for you, I can imagine. And it's like, not like in your beginning of your professional career, you decide to be in this uh, uh, particular area of uh, chronic illness and anxiety. How did you come to this? Yeah, uh, I would say that this field kind of found me, to be honest. Um, so I have dealt with various chronic issues and health issues throughout my life. And I also have family members who have dealt with um, some significant issues. Yeah, and it has been, you know, a lifelong learning process. But really, the takeaway um, from that is that we've been, we've all been failed in various ways um, by the conventional medical model, the biomedical model. Um, and so my parents have really been kind of the influence for me to always be doing my own research because of the ways that they were failed by mm. um conventional medicine. Um, and so I've always kind of had this interest. So in college, I, you know, was kind of split between studying literature and writing, as well as studying health science and diving kind of deeper into that area of exploration. And at first it was really for my own and my family's benefit, figuring out what I could do to make myself healthier, to not be dealing with chronic symptoms and chronic pain and um, everything that, you know, we've, we had been dealing with. Um, and then it kind of grew. Once I graduated from college, I started working at an integrative medical practice and just learned so much more while I was there. Um, I just kind of my my interest exploded. And so I started studying herbalism, um, clinical herbalism, and mind-body medicine, and nutritional epidemiology. So how um, 
nutrients and nutrient deficiencies can contribute to disease um, pathology and, and how that can come about. And so um, it just really blossomed into this entire field of study for me. And around 2015, um, I had been practicing yoga since high school. Uh, initially, a friend invited me uh, to just a yoga class, a friend of mine from uh, my track team, my junior year of high school. And so we went to a yoga class together and I um, was practicing a bit on and off in, in my last few years of high school. And then through college, I found it really helpful um, just as like a workout, a way to move my body. And, um, but I'd say after college, it really developed into more of a lifeline for me as a way to not only move my body, but also regulate my nervous system and kind of connect with what was going on um, with my body and, um, you know, my, my emotions, my breath at any given time. So um, I did my yoga teacher training in 2015, my initial 200 hour teacher training. Um, and then fast forward after, uh, you know, almost six years of teaching, I did my 300 hour. So I got my advanced um, RYT 500 certification. And I also um, over the last couple years did my um, yoga therapy certification, because in working at the integrative medical practice, I encountered so many patients who were getting so much better, but there was still kind of that additional piece that was yeah. missing. And, and they weren't fully able to kind of make a full recovery or get to where they really wanted to be. And for me, it felt obvious that what was missing was this this nervous system regulation, this other side of healthcare that wasn't all um, blood work and labs and, and making sure their nutrient levels were just so. It was a more emotional and energetic um, space that they needed to address. And so yoga therapy really allowed me to pull together all of these different areas of expertise into this cohesive kind of healing modality and to be able to work with people more intensively in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, which is what I've always been really interested in doing um, and passionate about. So wow. that is kind of the Cliff Notes version, wow. I guess, of, of my background. I'm so impressed, Lauren, because, you know, many of us might think yoga teaching or, you know, um, therapy or healing, it's all about one particular area of your body or one particular set of exercises that people will provide. But you took it to another level. <laughs> it's like the holistic view on your body, mind, emotions, uh, your system, the whole uh, synergy of your body and mind, how you eat, how you uh, sleep, what you think, how you move, everything what includes um, into the healing process. And uh, obviously, when you self went from the process of being on this pain uh, journey and self experience experiencing it and suffering also your family, it puts you on an extra level of to be more uh, committed, advanced and uh, going deeply into the research. 
how did this lifestyle change your life how did this practice change your life uh, and where do you find yourself now yeah um i would say that yoga um in general has has fundamentally changed how i see the world how i approach my day-to-day -day life how i breathe um how i treat other people um it's how it changed how i think uh, it's been really fundamentally uh, it's fundamentally shifted many things for me so it's hard to kind of point to one highlight one, one. yes <laughs> it's just been so paradigm shifting um it certainly has in a number of ways helped me to um get out of my own head oftentimes so uh, i used to really struggle with anxiety at, at different times in my life and um, it's allowed me to do things that I might otherwise shy away from, um, mm -hmm. for example, being on a podcast, I don't love, uh, it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally for me to, to be on camera or to speak publicly. Um, but it's something that I can honestly say that this morning I felt much more excitement than any anxiety towards this. Um, I'm so happy and to hear it. <laughs> that might not have been the case in the past for me. I mean, um, I can certainly, I, I can't imagine myself doing this five years ago, um, for example. Um, and so there's a number of things in my life, opportunities I've been able to seize because I am able to self-regulate um, both emotionally and physically. So in terms of, of chronic pain, um, that has shifted tremendously in my life, uh, whereas it was a constant struggle in the past it's now like very very rarely i will have uh one tenth of the level of a flare that i you know lived with almost daily um you know six or seven years ago so um it, it's shifted everything truthfully it's, it's really changed my experience of my life on a day-to-day -day basis and yeah everything <laughs> that is quite impressive to be honest and i will tell you first time when we talk with you on zoom i could feel your calm you know your peaceful and it's kind of energy that was going out behind the screen i could feel it it was something special about talking with you because it's like um suddenly everything seems okay you know <laughs> you have this oh, thank you. natural um, quality of uh, making people comfortable with your calmness energy and i really enjoyed being with you probably maybe this is one of the shifts that you had because i could see it um, from our conversations uh, that we had several times and thank it felt you. amazing and i can imagine that this process that you went through it wasn't one uh from one day to another day right no. <laughs> it was probably a long journey for you because we all want um fast fix uh quick solution a shortcut you know just tell me one two three steps and so we can do it tomorrow <laughs> right it doesn't work like that <laughs> no, unfortunately but you know we all speak for the qu uh, quick solution i assume it was right. a journey for you with ups and downs uh, probably 
working yeah. on your mindset and also uh, to start living another life, uh, changing your habits. As you know, I'm all about habits, how they can improve our life. And uh, I would like to hear how was it with you when you started your own healing journey? Um, how did you start making the small shifts, uh, small changes um, during your day? What did you start to implement so you can start healing yourself? Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. I think to kind of talk about, um, you know, there are lifestyle shifts and habit shifts that I, I definitely made. Um, but uh, if if you don't mind, I, I think talking a little bit about my own journey with chronic pain would be helpful and, and informative here. Um, and so I uh, have, I've been diagnosed with endometriosis and adenomyosis. Um, those are both uh, very painful chronic conditions um, that um, it's uh, endometrial like tissue uh, grows outside um, of the uterus um, for endometriosis and then adenomyosis is like that within um, the uterine wall. So it's um, kind of a, a thickening of the uterus that can cause very significant contractions and a lot of pain and blood loss. And um, so it took me 15 years oh, of struggle to years. get diagnosed with that. 15 years 15 of years. Um, complaining about symptoms and, and looking for solutions and answers to actually, uh, and doing a lot of advocating for myself to actually get a diagnosis. Because for years I was told it's normal. You're, what you're experiencing is normal. Um, because, you know, the doctors that I was seeing, my pediatrician at the, you know, originally wasn't present for when I was really in significant pain and passing out and, and, you know, just beside myself with pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was told over and over again, though, it's, it's normal. What you're going through is normal. So um, I, you know, when I initially did my yoga teacher training, I was still in significant pain. So um, I just kind of want to emphasize that, you know, even though I was quote unquote doing everything right, I was, I didn't have the specific tools that I needed at the time um, and the knowledge I needed at the time as well. Um, and so after I had, I had surgery, um, that was my like di- initial diagnostic surgery, excision surgery for endometriosis, which is considered the gold standard um, in 2017. And um, I was told that that most likely is going to be you know, your cure-all or your solution, or Mm. you'll no longer be in pain. Um, And, you know, the first month after surgery, I was still in pain, but I was told, okay, we'll expect that because you're still kind of healing from surgery and everything. And then the second month after surgery, I was in excruciating pain. It was as bad as it had ever been. And I was really, really upset. Disappointed, of course. (laughs) Really disappointed. Like I went through 15 years of trying to you know find a solution I was told this is the solution I finally got the validation of a diagnosis and I'm still in as much pain as I've ever been in before um so that really kind of was was the catalyst for me to figuring things out on my own and seeing what I could do to 
decrease my pain um, because I was like, I didn't want to go back and have another surgery. They had, you know, different hormonal um, options that I, I knew I didn't want. Like, um, you know, basically you can hormonally induce menopause. Yes. And at the time I was 26 and I was like, I don't only like the whole life <laughs> before he has in front of you. Right, right. So um, that was, you know, just a little bit of my background and why I started with um, some lifestyle changes. And so I was already, I already had a yoga practice. I hear it oftentimes, you know, people are really um, skeptical when I talk about yoga therapy initially and, and they're like, well, I've done yoga or I exercise already yes. and it hasn't helped and it hasn't. And, um, you know, I didn't have the specific tools I needed. I was going to yoga. I was doing yoga at home and I thought I was meditating. I was really just exactly. kind of checking off yeah. a box on my to-do list. Like, okay, meditated. I, yes, I thought done. about my breathing for five minutes. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, gratitude journal. I was, I yes. was just checking off boxes on my to-do list. I was like, all right, I have my morning routine down. And I was in the worst pain I had, had been in um, prior. So a lot of it had you know, a lot of the initial lifestyle changes that I had to make um, were, you know, health, um, you know, health changes. Some things I had to do were getting my supplementation, right? Making sure that I was, you know, taking, of course, not medical advice, but taking my uh, magnesium was a big piece for me, taking, making sure I was getting the fat soluble vitamins that I needed and um, my omega-3s and and just kind of taking care of the nutritional piece. And um, which, you know, of course, prior to this whole, uh, you know, journey, I thought I had a handle on, but I turns out I, I didn't. Um, and a, a big piece of it, though, is the nervous system regulation. Nervous and nervous. I think that is what it comes down to for so many people. And so there was, you know, gut health I had to take care of and digestion I had to take care of because, you know, if you're eating a perfect diet for you and you're not digesting it well and you're not absorbing those nutrients, you're still going to be deficient in certain things that can cause all sorts of, you know, just this cascade of issues in your body. Um, so I, I knew that, but I had to focus on digestive health and gut health. But then I also had to work on nervous system regulation. And um, that has been probably the longest journey um, to, to figure out. Um, and so practices that I do now daily are um, breath regulation, pranayama, and that's the word that we use for it in yoga, but um, different breathing techniques. That is definitely a part of every day without fail. And it's become so routine for me because I do have like a kind of formal practice in the morning where I'll uh, most mornings where I'll sit and do my breathing and I will meditate um, and sometimes journal and other things might be a part of that but I also throughout my day that is something that I have learned to incorporate and learn to um, 
to check in with myself often. Getting aware. Lauren, I wanted to take you back um, to the part where you told us about breathing. Because Mm. to be honest, many of us skip this part of healing because it's like, I love breathing, you know. (laughs) We do breathe every day. That is our like natural, right? Um, Right. uh, Status and what all human being uh, does, they breathe. So why do you think it's important to make this special breathing technique? What are the benefits? Uh, Why do you think we suffer uh, of not breathing correctly? Uh, yeah. Because we do breathe, right? <laughs> when, when we, we just, breathe. Uh, yes, exactly. So well, what do we do wrong? And why yeah. is it important to make these techniques uh, that you, you used in your healing journey? Sure. So that's a multi-part question. I'll, I'll start with what did yes. we do wrong? Um, <laughs> so there are a number of different ways that people can have, you know, their breathing patterns have a, a level of dysfunction in them. One of the ways is um, if you take a moment to, to really tense your abdomen, pull, pull your stomach in, suck your, your belly in, and then you try and, and breathe, you can't really take a deep breath into your abdomen. No, you're breathing into your, yeah, yeah, you're breathing into your chest and only into your upper lungs. Um, and so people can, that can become habitual. People breathe like that for years. Mm-hmm. Um, for a number of reasons. Um, but what that really does is when you're only breathing into your upper lungs, first of all, your, um, your diaphragm, your, your main organ, uh, your main muscle of breathing. Um, normally when you take an inhale, it contracts and moves down and it sends, uh, it massages your internal organs and sends blood flow down there. And so if you're only breathing into your chest, you're not getting that full, um, contraction of your diaphragm. It's not mm-hmm. able to move down because there's no space um, if you're pulling your abdomen in. Um, and so there's a number of, of issues with that. But then you're also, if you're breathing into just the top of your lungs, the top of your lungs are mostly um, innervated with your um, sympathetic nervous system, the nerve fibers. Um, And so sympathetic nervous system is fight or flight. Um, So when you are in fight or flight, you have your elevated stress hormones and you're not digesting uh, well because all of that blood flow is is moved away from your digestive system. It's moving away from your reproductive organs. Um, And it's all, all the blood is in your your arms and legs um, and it's preparing you to fight or flee Mm. from a threat. Um, And so if you're breathing constantly and activating this sympathetic nervous system only and not breathing down into your lower lungs, your lower lungs have more connection with your vagus nerve. So each side of your vagus nerve, um, which helps to trigger your parasympathetic, your rest and digest um, nervous system and turn off that fight or flight response. If you're not breathing into your lower lungs, that's not happening. So that's one major piece. And then we can talk about how stress leads to disease of all different types, right? I'm I'm totally blown away because (laughs) I could never imagine that a simple thing as breathing can influence the whole system that we have in our body. I would never imagine that it influences our digestion system. 
you know, I thought maybe some really? heart disease or whatever, you know, like with breathing. But it seems like it's like the profoundest foundation for the whole our body to function and to speak together. We need simply to breathe. Could Absolutely. You, could you recommend any simple technique for our listeners uh, that they can start to apply? Because it seems this is very important. Uh, part of our everyday that we should be doing all of us on everyday uh, basis. Absolutely. So um, one of the simplest things that you can do is to just kind of, um, if, if you are someone who is a chest breather or a reverse breather, so reverse breathing would be as you inhale, your belly comes in and as you exhale, it goes out. That's the opposite of, of mm. what's really supposed to be happening. Um, if you're someone that you know, that's your experience. When you inhale, your shoulders kind of rise up. Yes. You're using these accessory muscles instead of your diaphragm. Then something really simple would just be to lie on your back and maybe place your hands on the sides of, you know, below your rib cage and kind of just notice um, as you inhale, imagine a balloon inflating and mm. feel your belly expand, allow it room to expand. And then as you exhale, um, something that can be helpful if you really are struggling to kind of keep it straight in your mind is to hiss as you exhale. So and is, that kind of can help you imagine like a balloon deflating yes. as you exhale. Yes. Um, so that's something really simple. So if you're someone who's really struggling with, you know, breathing, dysregulation, dysfunction, that can be a starting point. Um, but I would say something that people often struggle with, and, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about anxiety, but um, when you do struggle with a lot of anxiety and anxious thoughts and physical experience of anxiety, the simplest thing that you can do and something that I incorporate every single day is extending your exhalations. So your exhale is tied to your parasympathetic nervous system. So when you extend your exhale, so it's longer than your inhalation, hmm. you can very quickly trigger the parasympathetic nervous system and just probably like three rounds of breath. It can be very quick and, and simple. Shall we um, count? Shall we count like one, two, three or how many uh, I don't you know, can count. count you can certainly count um sometimes so if you just take an inhale you know whatever's comfortable for you if you were to inhale for four um because that's comfortable taking a breath in breathing into your belly and then exhaling for six maybe so it doesn't have to be dramatically longer um and then once you kind of get the hang of counting if you can just focus on full, complete exhales, really allowing your exhale to be very slow and long and complete. Um, another thing is it's helpful to breathe in and out through your nose. If you can't do that for any reason, sinus issues or anything else, um, then it's okay. You can, you know, don't worry about that. You can breathe in and out through your mouth, but breathing through your nose um, is definitely preferred. Um, it can increase nitric oxi uh, oxide production and, um, and help your circulatory system and everything else by breathing in and out through your nose. So those would be the three basic um, basic I, tips I, I, hope, would, I would say. I hope everyone are making notes because this is <laughs> such profound recommendation. It seems very easy. 
and it's available for everyone you don't need to buy anything for it right you don't need membership yes. in the fitness you don't need to visit doctors or buying vitamins you just need to start breathing and giving it's very some, accessible uh, yes it's accessible for everyone but unfortunately not many of us doing and while you were explaining this technique i actually did it uh, just behind the screen to be honest i feel already lighter it's like kind of relief it's quick it's very quick kind of new energy in my body not much tension left um uh, and it's yes it works it's it's really <laughs> it works, works guys. it really works <laughs> it really works so and it was so easy so i hope you all going back um to this part of the show and listen once again what lauren told us and writing down and practicing right away and uh, for sure you would encourage everyone to make it a habit right so absolutely how, how many times shall we breathe <laughs> shall we correctly breathe during the day so what would you recommend lauren to yeah, keep us alive and, and energized what i like to do and what i like to encourage my clients to do is to start having a practice in the morning um is is really helpful because it kind of sets you up for the rest of your day so if you even start with three minutes of conscious breathing of your, you know, um, pranayama, your maybe ujjayi breath, ocean breath, um, or just an extended exhale, just something really simple like that. Or, you know, if you do have that breathing dysfunction, just working on that hissing breath, um, just giving yourself a couple minutes in the morning, and then you'll find throughout the day, as you, if you practice that in the morning, there might be times throughout the day where you notice I'm getting anxious. You know, if, mm. if you start to cultivate this awareness, so you notice when things are happening, um, if you've, if you started to cultivate this practice of checking in with yourself and your own body and your breath, um, then you'll start to notice throughout the day. Oh, I'm not, I'm holding my breath. Yes. Yes. Or I do it I'm actually feeling... very often. It's like suddenly yeah. I realize everything stuck in my chest. You know? I'm tense and I'm not <laughs> yeah. breathing. And um, for whatever reason, you know, that can trigger a lot of anxiety because we need to breathe. Uh, oxygen is pretty important, um, obviously. And so um, you'll find those times throughout the day where you feel off your body you know, you need that check-in. And so I would say anytime that that happens to, to extend your exhale, to take even just a couple conscious breaths, um, you know, something that people often struggle with in the, like around the holidays is eating poorly and yes, um, eating me. quickly and eating all of these sweets and exactly. causing all sorts of digestive upset. And so something, um, that I think is a really helpful practice is it a very simple mindful eating practice is just to take three breaths before you eat your mm. meal before you eat anything really because it'll keep you from mindlessly just like you know ahead in your phone eating cookies or eating chips out of a bag it will keep you from doing things mindlessly if you just before you take a bite of anything you take three mindful breaths and then not only are you being more mindful about what you're putting in your body, you're also helping to trigger your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your system for rest and digest. So you're already priming your digestion to accept this food <laughs> and, and, you know, hopefully not cause as much digestive upset or distress as you might otherwise. Um, so 
work it throughout your day. Um, just anytime, it. you know, as much as possible because it can only help you. I love it. It's a great advice. And guys, you can stack this habit before you eat every time because it's easy to incorporate new habits uh, when we pair them with them. You told us about this beautiful technique of uh, breathing and especially before we start eating. And I really love this advice because for all of us who would like to keep us fit and not uh, gaining the weight, it's a perfect uh, it's a perfect habit uh, because we often skip, you know, healthy habits because we're saying um, they are not so important. You know, I'm feeling good today. No need for me to do some special efforts. But sometimes we would like to sacrifice a little bit more if it's something about weight lo lost, you know, so we look nicer. <laughs> so if you do it during our day and start breathing, before we eat, I can imagine the impact that it will make um, for the whole digestive system, for the amount of uh, food that we start to consume, and maybe it will also help us to skip uh, some sweets, um, cookies or chocolate, you know, on the uh, critical days when we would like to get some sugar into our body. I really, really love this uh, advice. And um, Lauren, you mentioned a little bit about anxiety. Um, mm. I would like to, to talk more about this. Uh, this topic is personally close to me as well. I struggled with anxiety uh, for the last several years. And to be honest, I didn't know that it was anxiety. Uh, I just thought there were some problems with my heart or, you know, something was going wrong. Mm -hmm. I went to my doctor and asked him what is going on. You know, my heart is beating. And then when he heard all the symptoms, he said, you, you had panic attacks. I said, what? You know, I always consider myself as a healthy person, uh, exercising, eating, you know, I'm not stressed or stuff like that. I would never imagine that I would have anxiety or panic attack because I never considered myself, um, how to say, easy to get this kind of, um, it's not a disease, right? But it's kind of condition, uh, mm -hmm. your, your conditions that you're having. And I was quite surprised, to be honest. And um, I didn't expect this for sure because I heard somebody has some topics were discussed but then when you hit the rock by yourself <laughs> you start you start to have interest of course for this topic more and um there were days when suddenly it just came from from nothing you know suddenly i couldn't move my body suddenly mm. i couldn't talk um it was once in the um, swimming hall with my children i had to sit down because I could just feel I couldn't move. Suddenly my arms, my feet started to be very, how to say, um, like uh, what pain, you know, some very uh, soft and uh, I couldn't, I didn't have any energy. So this topic about anxiety, it was especially difficult for me during December when we have a lot of pressure, you know, Christmas mm -hmm. presents, organizing everything, making sure your family um, feeling good, your house decorated, uh, you know, you have a good food and you also participate in all social activities. Suddenly your list becomes so long. 
Right. <laughs> just you couldn't handle it anymore. And I noticed that December was the worst month for me, to be honest, despite the fact that we all love December, Christmas, but um, often we tend to put it too much pressure on ourselves that our body and mind cannot handle any longer. So I would like to hear your professional advice on what would you recommend to us, to our listeners, uh, how to handle it, how to build your body so it's more robust to your mind. So we are not, how to say, um, coming to this critical day when you cannot move out of the bed and have to be there. Uh, how to prepare yourself, how, how, how to do it. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I'd say to make sure that you seek help and assistance because yes. it's not, it's not an easy thing to work through. And um, oftentimes it can be hard to even know why it's happening when you're so close to it. Um, I have a number of clients who have um, struggled with panic attacks and they describe it very similarly. They're like, where did this come from? Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, of course it's smart. You have to go and, and get checked out and get, you know, a, a cardiac workup and check your thyroid and everything else and make sure that nothing is physically is going wrong. But, um, oftentimes it's just that we, I mean, a number of things can be going on. Trauma can be um, something that if it's unresolved and unaddressed can trigger panic attacks, of course. Um, but then it's also being at this really um, heightened, revved up state for a long, too long. Um, <laughs> having this constant flood of cortisol and adrenaline in your body and, and you know, all of a sudden, um, this fight or flight response is really triggered um, way easier. You know, your um, your window of tolerance, they call it, is has gotten smaller. Um, so that especially happens when you have dealt with any type of, of trauma. Um, anything that was too much, too fast for your nervous system to handle and process um, literally gets stored in the, the, your physical body um, and in your nervous system response and in, in your, your brain. And so um, so at first piece of advice would just be to, to seek support, um, ask for help, uh, talk to people uh, about it, whether you seek, um, you know, sometimes for some people talk therapy, um, I'd say isn't always um, the most helpful, um, though it can be really helpful for some people to kind of work through if they know that there is an initial inciting event that kind of caused these panic attacks to happen, being able to piece that together and work through um, the initial incident um, that maybe caused this, this trauma that is now leading to, to panic attacks to happen that can be helpful to, to piece together because your memory can become kind of splintered. Mm -hmm. And, and so being able to have a narrative where you're able to describe things consecutively can be helpful. So maybe talk therapy, maybe, um, you know, what I do with clients is more somatic, more body-based and working to help again, trigger your parasympathetic nervous system. I feel like a broken record a little bit, but it's important being able to, to do that, learning how to do that. Um, and so there's, there's um, a level of, of 
self-regulation that kind of needs to happen oftentimes before you're able to look at um, what's going on underneath. Sometimes mm -hmm. you need to be able, you need to be in a state where you're like, okay, I'm not activated. I'm not feeling triggered or, um, and I can, I can look at why this might be happening. Um, and so, you know, you have your, your breathing practices, you have your meditation practices, getting out in nature, um, is, is a big help for me personally. Wonderful. And I know for, for many people, um, connection, social connection is huge. Um, but then just like looking at how you're living your life. So are you sleeping enough? That's is a your good job, question. Are you sleeping <laughs> enough? Are you sleeping are you, enough? <laughs> are you, that's a huge one because your nervous system's not going to be functioning optimally if you're not, if you're waking up early, going to bed late, um, you know, you're constantly, you know, triggering those, uh, you know, looking at your phone at night, um, which inhibits your, your melatonin release and is not allowing you to, to really, um, and get into your circadian rhythm and, and sleep soundly and, and deeply throughout the night. Um, so there's a number of, of practices that you can pull in and a number of things to kind of look at some self inquiry to do. How am I sleeping? Am I eating well? And, mm. um, Am I eating a lot of sugar? Am I drinking a lot of caffeine? Um, there are a number of physical things that you can look at, but then I, I would say probably the most important piece of advice is to notice what is going on with you emotionally and internally. Is there a place that you are ignoring your inner wisdom in some way? Um, so maybe your job is is killing you and you know it because every single day your your internal dialogue is i hate this i hate this i hate this i'm yes. so stressed yeah. oh gosh this is miserable if you just continue along that path and you don't do anything about it if you just try to ignore that if anything that you ignore and try and push to the side and not feel and not address mm -hmm what you resist persists. It's going to stay there. It's going to just be ingrained. And it's like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I'm miserable. Ugh. And you have to do something about it. And so, you know, by starting to look at, you know, if you have a choice to make, sometimes people have gotten so far away from tuning into their intuition. Um, so it can be a challenge to even know where to start with that. But I would say if, you know, you have a choice to make, turn off the distractions and really notice what you feel in your body is, you know, if you think, okay, yes, does that feel expansive? Does that feel light? Do you feel excited or do you feel tense and constricted and, anxious all of a sudden if you're like if I were to say yes to this opportunity ooh, yes then you, you kind of then your body knows yeah your body knows the answer um you know you don't need to make a pros and cons list and rationalize and logic your way through everything oftentimes what's most helpful is is really noticing what your body knows um to be the right choice for you and that's a way that you can kind of tune into your intuition um, when making choices, because um, I know that's not directly related to panic attacks, but often that is what 
kind Leads. of triggers yes. this this constant state of just being on yes. high alert. Like I'm always revved up because something is wrong in my life and my body is telling me this and I'm not paying attention. And so it's mm-hmm. like, if you think of a, a, a young child and trying to get um, his mother's attention, it's like, mom, mom, mom. And, and she's not coming. Ignore yeah. it repeatedly. Yeah. It's just going to get louder and start of screaming course. at you and like, hey, I'm here, pay attention to me. Um, and so if you keep ignoring what you know, what you know you need to address and do something about, that is going to just, it's a recipe for panic attacks and, and anxiety. Um, so obviously that's general and, and people have panic attacks for so many different reasons but I would say that if we're going to generalize and say this is decent advice for most people that would would be it that would be it yes oh my god Lauren I even don't know where to start because the fact how you described it's so fundamental because I will tell you so many times we are focused on building our businesses right serving our family Uh, making all the social activities very often we don't even have time to ask ourselves how are you doing today right so and uh, the whole process that you discussed is just showed uh, how busy we can get sometimes not paying attention to our own feelings and our lifestyle and suddenly you just break and it happens like from one day to another And to all our listeners who listen to this episode, who are focusing on building their business at the moment, to serving their communities, please focus on your health first, guys. (laughs) Because if you are not healthy, you cannot build prosperous business. You cannot take care of your family. You cannot provide to your family or take care of your community. So make this a serious note uh, from this show, where to start, how to breathe, how to get aware of your thoughts, of your lifestyle, because it's everything influence. I understood that there is no, no such thing as separated factor that influence your health, right? So it's no, your yeah. feeling, it's your feeling, it's your lifestyle, it's the way how you eat, the way how you think the way how you sleep right the way how you rest the way how you uh, socialize uh, with people around you and this joy that you're getting and uh, the health and our minds that is where we start uh, build our abundant life that is how i hear from you lauren because if you we follow your advice suddenly we feel energized suddenly we feel healthy we have a pain-free uh, body and then we can start working on our business then we can start uh, taking care of our family and that is when we start to manifest into our life everything what we dream about yeah. so i i believe that is where we all need to start uh from next year or already this year in 2022 never postponed your health health issues your mental health to the next year or next month um start today from small steps um so Lauren, where do you think we should start very small step 
because we cannot start, you know, applying all the <laughs> right and practices. Because I would like to summarize and um, give advice sure. to our listeners. Very simple step that we can all start in incorporate today or tomorrow when we wake up. Okay, I'm going to cheat a little and give you two. Okay, great. <laughs> Two steps, and I don't think they can be separated from each other personally. So um, one would be the, the breathing, start a breathing practice. Yes. And, um, you know, if you have that breathing dysfunction, like we talked about, start really small with the, the hissing breath. Um, but otherwise, you can just work on extending your exhales, work, start that practice even two minutes in the morning, and then throughout your day, that can be really, really impactful in, in allowing you to kind of self-regulate whenever you are feeling um, anxious and get yeah. you back down to kind of a, a steadier baseline. So that would be the first, first thing I would recommend. Um, and then the second thing I would recommend is taking time to tune into to your body and just noticing the the physical sensations in your body. Um, this is particularly pertinent if you deal with chronic pain, because oftentimes when we do have um, a pain condition, what happens is we reflexively tense our muscles around where we feel pain, which causes even more pain. It restricts blood flow. It has all, you know, all of these repercussions um, and even just discomfort. So something that I tell people um, in yoga classes when they're in a pose that might be particularly challenging is I'll say, notice where you're holding the pose where you don't need to be holding the pose. Mm. So can you find some ease here? Can you relax your jaw? Can you relax yes. your shoulders? Can you find some, you know, area that you can expand, relax your muscles and just find some more expansiveness with your breath. Um, and so learning to, to tune in, making a habit of tuning into your body and what's going on there. Um, because maybe for you, especially if you deal with chronic pain, it can be really hard to inhabit your body, but it inevitably is is something that is the only way through, really. If you spend all of this time in your head because it's uncomfortable being in your body, I understand, but you have to get back into your body in order to find a way forward. Um, so finding some ease in your, in your physical body, no matter what you're doing, you know, just noticing how your body's positioned throughout the day. So if you slouch a lot and then, oh, oh, I have my neck hurts at yes. the end of the day. Why does my neck hurt? Why are you going like this all day long? All the day, that might yes. be why. So just, just making a practice of, of noticing where your body is, how it feels and like, am I clenching my jaw? Yeah, exactly. And I relax my jaw because if you're clenching your jaw all day, your neck is going to hurt, your head's going to hurt. It just has this ripple effect. And if you can relax your jaw and relax your shoulders and relax all these places that you might be holding tension, then you're just going to be able to move through your day that much easier. You don't have to muscle through and, and everything doesn't have to be so challenging. You can find some ease and some grace. Um, in your own physical presence and body. I love it. This is such a good advice. And note that Lauren said two minutes for breathing. And two I'm minutes. sure to me, two minutes to get in touch with your body. So totally, we need four minutes in the morning Easy. to feel how <laughs> we feel, right? And just to breathe deep. 
And uh, we need just to find those four minutes. I'm sure it's doable for all of us to find four minutes in the morning to breathe and get in touch with our body. I love it, Lauren. So much gold, you know, I, I'm sure we can talk for a long time. It's like <laughs> there is enough stuff to talk for one more podcast. But I have three final questions for you. Sure. Uh, our tradition to all of the guests. Uh, the answers can be very short and, and fast. So are you ready okay. for the finals? Sure, absolutely. Number one, what is one of the habits that serves you very well, your favorite habits that you have in your everyday life? life? Oh, this is going to be um, typical. People aren't going to be surprised by this, but meditation. I love <laughs> Meditating. It. Yeah, yeah, really absolutely. Question number two. Uh, one habit that you would like to break? Oof. <laughs> um, just eating so much chocolate. <laughs> oh, name it. I mean, we all struggle with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you're mean, not alone. <laughs> when you're stressed, chocolate is that easy go-to. But yes. um, yeah. I, Blood I sugar. You know, try yeah. and resist it and just breathe. But, oh, I love chocolate. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> You're not alone because I have the same struggle. <laughs> and question number three, best advice that you received in your life? Oh, that is a, a tough one. Maybe it was also from yourself, you know, from you to yourself. Um, I would say, hmm. well, I, I mentioned it earlier. Um, but it's that idea of what you resist persists. And yes. so noticing within yourself, are there things that I'm pushing aside and not dealing with? Um, because that can be the cause of a lot of suffering. And so just feeling feeling your feelings and, and addressing things that need to be addressed, that can be really helpful in, in keeping you from procrastinating as well. If you're putting off things that you're like, I don't want to do this. Um, if you just deal with it and, and you no longer have that anxiety um, that you might otherwise have if you're just putting it off chronically. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Lauren. And where can our listeners find you? Where can they seek more of your advice? Uh, what is the best way to connect with you? Yeah, so on Instagram and Facebook, I'm at The Vibrant Body. Um, and you can also find me online at thevibrantbody.co, just .co. Um, so I, um, you know, I do see private one-on-one -on -one clients and run events and, and workshops throughout the year. So both in person and online, you can find me there. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming to your True Place podcast. Uh, we really enjoy your conversation today. Thank you for sharing with us your story and uh, giving this uh, doable advices that we can start doing already now to improve our life. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for coming you. to your True Place Thank you podcast. for having me, Anna. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for listening.